This is the Mailbox Money Podcast, and I am Bronson Hill. As a busy professional, I wrestled with how to grow my income without taking up more of my precious time. I learned that managing real estate, actively trading stocks, or being unable to scale up investments is not passive investing. This is the place where you'll discover new asset classes, develop investing skills, and learn from experts how to become financially free with less work than you thought possible. And now, get ready for truly passive income. Welcome to the Mailbox Money Show. I am your host, Bronson Hill. This is the show we talk about all things passive investing with an emphasis on real estate. Uh, really excited today for our special guest, uh, Dr. Erin Hudson. She was a chiropractor for many years, also a mother of five, formed a group called uh, Quattro Capital. Previous to that, they had 20, her and her husband had 26 uh, rental properties. So we're going to hear a little bit about her story. And one of the things that I think is really fascinating is not only has she done hundreds of units in the multifamily space, uh, they've also are doing something involving shipping container houses that are in wine country in Texas. So there's an area of Texas, which is wine country, and she's created some short-term rentals there out of shipping containers. So I think it's really interesting as a passive investor, I'm always looking at trying to develop uh, new asset classes and new opportunities. So this is one that is very interesting to me. I'm excited to hear about it. So Aaron, how are you today? So good, Bronson. It's such a pleasure to be on here with you. And I hope to deliver some goodness to your listeners. Oh, I'm sure you will. I, I really enjoyed seeing you. You know, it was my first time to ever going to a Tony Robbins event and I ran into you. I was like, I, I know her. How do I know her? And then when I walked up, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Aaron. So I, it was kind of fun to be able to see you and actually your whole Quattro Capital team was there, which was awesome. But why don't you yeah. just uh, give us a little bit of your story and tell us how you got here and and sure. uh, tell us how that how that's gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I was in private practice in Southern California. I had two wellness centers and uh, 30 headaches. I mean, team members that uh, worked <laughs> alongside of me. And I had been at it for 13 years. I loved, loved, loved what I did. But what I could not stand or what got more and more bothersome as the years went on is that I was paying 50 cents of every dollar to Uncle Sam. Mm. And the problem with that is I had five beautiful children. And as it was as it was as if the IRS was robbing my children of the wealth creation that they could have had versus the pockets of Uncle Sam. Uh, so that really is a portion of it that got me intrigued because I found out that there was a better easier way to increase your net worth, create financial freedom, a way that it could be more passive. Mind you, as a doctor, you have to see patients in exchange for money. And there was a way to uh, really win in an easier, more efficient manner and have your net worth grow in a, in a rapid fashion. So I was intrigued, found out about it. And let's just say I was hooked. Yeah. Amazing. What part of California were you in? Southern California. Okay. And what I'm in Pasadena. So we're, we're, oh my gosh, Huntington beach. Okay. Nice (laughs) HB. Yeah. That's, that's a nice area near the water there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so, and I think your challenge, kind of the pain point you had is common with a lot of people that make a lot of money because, you know, you start making more than a few hundred thousand a year, or, you know, you start doing well, especially as a couple. And, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're paying a lot of money to the government and, you know, it's so, so how did you, kind of learn about, you know, an option to maybe not pay as much taxes or to find other ways, you know, kind of how real estate would offer that for you, ways to reduce your taxes. 
Sure. Well, I had heard about this thing called mailbox money uh, from actually a patient of mine. And uh, of course, when I heard him in the reception area and he was talking about this mailbox money, my ears kind of <laughs> perked up. And so when I had him in the office and I was talking to him, I said, I overheard you talking about mailbox money. Can you tell me more about that? And sure enough, he said that he was closing on a single family property and uh, that he was going to be creating another uh, piece of mailbox money that would be coming in. And so, you know, really, I was intrigued. I liked the idea of mailbox money because I work every day uh, seeing patients and you're trading time for money. And, and so I just put the ask out there. I said, I'm totally intrigued. I would love to take you out for lunch and we can talk shop and maybe you could tell me a thing or two. And so that turned into a great lunch where I walked away with massive amount of nuggets. And I'm the kind of girl that doesn't sit real still. I don't let grass grow under my feet. And I figured out that I needed to make a move and create some mailbox money, i.e. passive income. And I did just that. And Look, it obviously it goes deeper. I don't want to waste your time, but within two years, I acquired 26 rental properties free and clear and I without any partners. And that was it. I was hooked. Absolutely yeah. hooked. Wow. So yeah, that term mailbox money, that's why we call this the mailbox money show, right? That's the name of this show is the mailbox money show. And it's funny, I've I think I've only received in the mail a couple checks over the years. Now it's like direct deposit, right? But everybody understands, <laughs> understands the term mailbox money. It shows up in your bank account, but it's, it is mailbox money. So, so you end up buying all these houses and you didn't even get debt on it. You bought them all cash, which is right. interesting. And then after 26 of these, you decided to start to learn about multifamily. Well, what was the reason you didn't stay in single family or what changed from, from there? Sure. Sure. I think those that invest in real estate, uh, single family in particular, they probably have experienced a little bit of this up down. What do I mean by that? I mean, a tenant decides they want to leave their lease early. And also you got to go in and repaint. You got to put in some new carpet because they thrashed it. And so you don't have much control of the ROI and what you think it's going to be is far from what it, uh, it ends up being. Thank God I had multiple properties so I could weather the storm and it wasn't so painful, but those that just have one or two or three, man, it can't be a fruitful experience yeah. um, for sure. And so what happened after that? Well, I got, I had ran into a friend and they said, Hey, listen, I want to take you to this event with me tonight to go learn about multifamily. And I remember thinking first and foremost is I am not cut for that. You've got to be a billionaire and I don't want to waste my time tonight. <laughs> and so yeah. I went yeah. begrudgingly, Bronson, I will tell you, I was the chick that sat in the front row with my arms crossed. Like, how could this be? Like, why am I here? Right. And truthfully, it was as if the Red Sea was parted. And I found out that there was a much simpler way to create uh, wealth and have financial freedom. And once I found that out, uh, I just began to make some massive moves. And if I shared with you my moves, you might kind of be like, what the heck? But yeah. I think that it was one of those where it was. I'm not a, I'm not a gray kind of person. It's like black or it's white. And so it was a matter of time of repositioning. And I ended up leaving my practice and I moved from California to Texas. I brought in two doctors into my practice. 
let them take over. I became the director. And it was really, I took a massive pay cut to move into a space that I knew was going to be incredibly fruitful if I put in the time and uh, got educated, equipped. I could see what the light at the end of the tunnel would look like. Yeah, you brought a number of things up there I wanted, I wanted to chat about. Because again, this guy who first told you about it talked about mailbox money. And the challenge for a lot of us is we start with single family because we think it's going to really lead to financial freedom. But a lot of times it doesn't. And it's just, I had you know four or five single family houses and the cash flow was a little inconsistent. You know, on, on paper, it looked great. And then it just didn't always, you know, something always came up, some expense, some tenant issue, some other thing. And even though I had a property manager, it wasn't really all that passive. And so um, I, I see most people become, including myself, and I think you know, probably you as well, is just by doing multifamily deals, um, there's, it, there's so much more possibility, right? It actually really can be passive, where people actually vet a team, they vet a deal, it makes sense. They invest and then they're passive. And so, you know, you give opportunities in your deals. We do the same in our deals. And so it's it's been really cool to see that. So for you, you obviously you I can tell you're a visionary, you're somebody when you see the future, you're like, I'm moving toward that. And you're an activator, right. you're like, I'm going towards it. So you you decided big move. Obviously, that's a big move, right? Moving from California, <laughs> Southern California to Texas. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I feel like I'm gonna end up in Texas one day. Like my people are in Texas. I just like, like, why are you in LA? And I'm like, well, I'm here, you know, God's got me here and I'm making the best of it. But <laughs> um, but but I but I just love the you know the mindset of a lot of people in Texas where it's just there's lots of lots of opportunities. So so you went to uh, you learned about multifamily, you quit your practice, you started getting involved. What was what was what were kind of the first couple steps of that journey for you? Did you sell off a lot of your houses and put them into multifamily? Did you start raising money? What did you do? No, I, I barely just sold all of those homes, but no, I think that it was, I had found out about this, uh, mentorship program. And I certainly knew that I wasn't talented enough to do it without being educated. And so I joined a mentorship program, paid the $40,000 entry fee, got coached, really started to hone in and learn the skill set and what it was, would entail, um, what I didn't share, which I'll go back real quick here, as I started to acquire those single family properties, I had many friends and family and patients wanting to know how I was getting in the game and they wanted to do uh, or become a real estate investor. And so I actually went on to do a little over two and 230 buy and sell transactions while I was in uh, private practice. A lot of those were like double closes and so on and so forth. And uh, that's all in a whole nother conversation. But what I'm getting at from that was it gave me a chance to talk to my investor that investors that had bought single family properties from me. And I shared with them, I found something even better. And if you just wait while I get equipped <laughs> and I'm there and I'm ready, I'm going to come back to you if you would like me to, to share the goods. So I got their buy-in and they gave me the opportunity to circle back around once I was ready to pull the trigger. And so with that first, uh, you know, getting educated, getting coached, you have to remember that in the single family space, it was all my own time, money, et cetera. When I'm in the multifamily space, I'm dealing with other people's money. And that's not anything to take lightly. As a matter of fact, their money is more important than my money. So I got to make sure that I was well equipped and skilled and, and ready for this new craft and direction I was moving in. And because I'd already seasoned and dropped, you know, down the goods of when I get there, uh, I'll let you know. So when I had my first deal, which was 104 unit, 
I ended up raising $2 million for that deal from investors that had already previously worked uh, with me on other real estate transactions. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, and, and that's, I think, a, a cool theme is that, you know, once you start in real estate, especially as you do some track record, whether you're a passive investor or an active, especially as an active investor, people start to get to know you. That's what you do. And that you were the, you know, the physician, the chiropractor, but you also do these other things, right? And you start talking about it and you just kind of start talking about what you're doing. And so then when people, uh, when you do have a deal that you're sharing or you are raising money or you are somebody who's involved, you can bring it to your network and it doesn't sound like totally foreign. It's like, oh no, you're, you're the person that does this and, or you're a teacher or whatever. It's like, no, I'll, they, but they also do this. So it kind of fits the story. So I love that you were able to share that. Um, how did, so I want you, I want you to share, we can come back to multifamily and some of this too, but share like about the uh, shipping containers and putting them on basically somewhat raw land and right. Like what, what's that process and you build yeah. them out and like, just talk to us about that. How did that happen? And what is that? Yeah. So, uh, Goodness, this is this is pretty exciting. So I we have this this five acres in Kerrville, Texas. It's between San Antonio and Austin. And we have five acres where we have this beautiful high-end Airbnb. And it's it's super lavish. It's beautiful. But I didn't buy it because it's lavish and big and beautiful. I'm always thinking what I want multiple options when I buy, right? And so it was on this five acres. There was this beautiful pond down below. And all that kept going through my head when I was looking at this property back in 2017 was, holy smokes, if only I could put tiny homes down here by the water. And so fast forward, I got busy with multifamily. I didn't quite get those, those tiny homes down by the water. But finally, in 2019, not, we all know what happened. The tiny homes all of a sudden just went crazy in price. And so I had heard about these shipping containers and they were being used as deer cabins or for leases, the deer lease places where people would have these little man caves. And that's what it was. Well, I found the gentleman that was creating those and I went, went to Austin to go meet up with him. And I said, is there any chance I could share something with you? And he goes, yeah. And I said, what if you turned this into this like beautiful she shed with shiplap and a farm door and and uh, recessed lighting and a gooseneck sink. And he looked at me a little crazy. And I said, you're selling these for dirt cheap and they're a deer lease, but what if you just really just she shed it out and make it beautiful? Like Chip and Joanne it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, I think you're a little crazy, but you know, I'm not very much an interior, direct, <laughs> interior decorator. And I said, neither am I, but I could give you some really good ideas. And together we could probably come up with something great. So long story short, I was his trial and error. And yeah. uh, we went ahead and we built these two or three shipping containers and we chip and joanned them and we brought them to my land. And uh, let's just say this much, they took off. It went like wow. wildfire. People were looking for this experiential stay. And all of a sudden these little shipping containers that I paid maybe $25,000 to completely dial now they're like $60,000 to buy, but we put them there and uh, it took off. Wow. So now when uh, some people have in their mind, a shipping container is like they go on trains and on the big barges and whatever, but this is, I mean, you've, you've fully done work on the outside, the inside, you've put windows in them. So it doesn't, you, you wouldn't necessarily know you're like, it doesn't have like that rust smell or anything, right? You actually walk in and it feels like a very livable space and it's comfortable and it's very plush. And so, which is, which is cool, right? So people, they don't have, they don't necessarily know that they're 
modular homes or shipping containers, but it's great way to repurpose. So how many, so you started doing that, you started doing short-term rentals and then how many do you have now on those five acres? Yeah. So I've got three that are there right now and two of them are Airbnbs. Each of my kids, they started one at 14 years old, the other one at 15 years old. They each run their own little Airbnbs there. And it's a way to help our kids get into uh, creating passive income. And so at the end of the month, each of them have to bring me my Excel spreadsheet and we do a 50-50 split on the income that's generated off of these uh, shipping containers. But you figure they rent for a hundred bucks a night and they're renting out 15 days a month. It's $1,500 on a $25,000 investment, right? Even if it was 50,000, wow. it's still a pretty phenomenal return. And then um, I've also got, by the way, those are 20 foot by eight feet wide. So they're tiny y'all. They're just like experiential stay to the nth degree. And then the other one that I have there is a 40 foot container. It is wild. We are renting that 40 foot container for 900 bucks to a traveling nurse right now. It's just wild what you can rent these for. So anyhow, $900 a month. So $900 a month, 40 foot trailer. She lives there. And this is something, yeah, that you, for a while, they were almost like giving away shipping containers. I know a guy that was doing this in LA and yeah. he was finding them. And then he found a way to basically rent them out, put a padlock on it. And people would use it as storage, a few hundred bucks a month. But it's amazing how, like what's possible, right? So is your goal to have more of these on this particular property or to buy more property and do more of this? Sure. Well, listen, I, I call that, that, you know, we have to have proof of concept. So right. all of a sudden, when this took off, I was like, oh my gosh, I think we're on to something. And so, of course, getting super resourceful, I was like, okay, now I got to go pick up land in the greatest areas. So what did I want? I wanted something right there on the lake, something that was close to me. And so there's this place called Canyon Lake. And uh, I went and bought five, no, four, just under four acres there. And we're currently just finishing up our development where we'll have 28 uh, shipping container and tiny homes. It's a little mixed combo, uh, right on the water. So we've got that. And then, um, in Fredericksburg, just outside of Fredericksburg, we bought 15 acres and we've currently got 14 shipping containers that just launched within the last four weeks and, uh, it's taken off. It's beautiful because here's the thing you go in places where they are desirable. So where we are in the hill country, literally you walk out the shipping container and to the right 200 feet is a winery. You That's walk amazing. to the left 300 feet is a winery. So talk about convenience and getting to stay in the hill country underneath the stars. We've created something pretty beautiful. And, and because they're shipping containers, is it easier to get zoning or any of that stuff. I know in, in certain areas, it could be really challenging to build something, but if you just drop something in there, is it a little bit easier? So check it out. You want to obviously buy and be super intentional when you are purchasing. We buy land that's outside city limits on unrestricted land. Then we have less of an uphill battle to fight when we go to put these in and we can make a little bit more speedy headway with our development. So. Okay. Wow. And have you had any issues with uh, sourcing the shipping containers fully renovated and all that? Has that been hard to find them? Yeah. So we actually um, build them ourselves. Okay. So we started with, with um, a company in Austin and then shoot, why not? We, got, we just got to get creative and we can keep it in house. So we're doing some pretty cool stuff right now and selling them off for between 50 and $60,000. And other people are using them as their Airbnb. 
Okay. Um, it goes back to that book. You've probably read it before. It's called Who Not How. Yeah. So, I think I have it on the shelf somewhere over here, right? Yeah, right here. Oh here my gosh. Nice. <laughs> it's one of my favorite books. And honestly, it's such, it's liberating to be able to hire and put people yeah. in place that know how to do the things that I don't know how to do. So yeah, I, I, I actually just joined a strategic coach, which is their group, oh, one of their groups nice. that helps yeah. you kind of walk through managing yourself as an entrepreneur. And it's been awesome. So I've, I've just recently joined, but um, yeah, that's awesome. So you're developing different streams of income. You not only are, are doing this, you're actually taking the containers and, and you're taking this model and you're selling those to other people now, which is, which is awesome. So that's, that's great. And then I know one thing we were talking about a little bit before, and you mentioned this is that you've gotten your kids involved in the business. So your kids are, I think 15 to 23, is that right? You have five kids. And yeah. so, uh, tell me about that. How did you get your kids involved? A lot of people wonder like, how do I get my kids interested in investing? <laughs> that's a great question. So I think going back to just my childhood and how I was raised, Listen, we certainly didn't have, uh, we were not filled, fed with a silver spoon. We didn't talk about investing around the dinner table and uh, stocks and bonds and real estate and the terms ROI, OPM. None of those terms were familiar terms in our house, but I just knew at a very young age that I had this entrepreneurial spirit inside of me. And I knew that um, real estate, you hear, heard about that was the way to go with it. And there's nothing it gets me more fired up than knowing that there's a way to get my kids involved in real estate to help them to build generational wealth and, and create that legacy that one would ever desire so that they can have a life, right? And be wherever they want, when they want, with whoever they want, and really get a sense of that true freedom, right? And so it all started with my daughter, who's now 23 at the age of 16. She bought her first uh single family rental property. And I will tell you, it was a pretty funny story. It was her 16th birthday and she had a choice. She had the $7,000 saved up. She could buy a car or mama bear said, Hey, you give me your 7,000 and I'll give you a house. Well, of course she wanted, what is every kid buying at the age of 16, a car. And so she said, well, I really want that car. And I said, well, listen, you don't need to give an answer right now. Just remember a house, a rental property is an asset. It's going to pay you a return every single month. I said, in your car is a liability. It's going to cost you every month. So just listen, sleep on it. No pressure. Let me know what you think tomorrow morning. We can talk about it, but I just want to let you know, if you choose the investment property, you can drive my car and you don't have to pay for insurance and you don't have to pay for gas. Yeah. Like, no make your decision. And so she woke up the next day and sure enough, she, she went for that, okay. that house, which is awesome. That's awesome. I heard stories of, um, uh, of people paying their kids to read rich dad, poor dad, or doing different things just to try to get their kids excited about investing. And in because obviously too, as a, somebody who's wealthier because becoming wealthier and you know, you want your kids to understand money, you want them to understand how it works. And so when they actually and I think it, something really magical happens when you own a property because you get to see the rents come in, you get to see the mailbox money, you get to see, you know, it takes work to maintain whatever. And you kind of understand even from a subconscious level, just like, oh, this is an asset. This is how this works, you know, versus a car or other things. And for kids, you know, a lot of times they don't really have to work for a lot of stuff. So when you get your kids actually involved in it, it can be very cool. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's super rewarding. I will tell you that was at age 16 is when she got her first rental property. She doubled her money at the age of 21 due to the value. Okay. She sold that property and jumped into her first apartment building at the age of 21. 
And now wow. at the age of 23, just getting ready to sell that property. So she'll get to get in the next property. So mm. it's super exciting uh, to see your kids win. And then, you know, with the other two and their Airbnbs, it's quite funny. You've got, you know, I, as I shared, they bring me their Excel spreadsheet. They get half. Mom gets to keep the other half because she funded the whole project. Well, they're half, right? They have to split that in half. Half goes to savings as their seed money for the next deal. And their other half is their Amazon DoorDash money, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've got two different children here. One that is just a saver and stretches every little penny that he can. And then I've got the daughter that just spends all over the place, right? Yeah. And so it's time for spreadsheets. And she goes, I really don't want to do the spreadsheet. It just takes too much time. And my son goes, well, listen, you can pay me 5% of your proceeds and I'll do your spreadsheet for you. <laughs> and she said, okay. No, she didn't. No, she, didn't. Okay. she didn't want to lose out, but I just lose think the it's money. funny on the conversations that are, that are at the dinner yeah. table, the competitiveness on each of their Airbnbs and who's winning. And it's just these great conversations that seriously like feed my soul. That's amazing. Yeah. And as a parent, you want to, Prepare your kids for success in life. That's a great way to do it. Um, let's yeah. let's shift gears for a minute and talk for a minute about. Um, I know you have Quattro Capital. There's five of you. I've met all of you, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, I want to hear. Um, I I would love to get in. Just maybe you can share a little bit of the origin story of Quattro, and then I want to uh, talk about multifamily. So why don't you share us a, a kind of how you got started with your partners? <laughs> Thank you for asking. The story's a little crazy, but let's just say when I got into multifamily, I ended up getting into a partnership with some other uh, married couple that was from the mentorship program. And I'll spare you the story, but let's just say that the deal ended up going to hell in a handbag uh, right after close. And uh, I wasn't so sure I wanted to do multifamily after working <laughs> with this, this husband and wife, because I thought, shoot, if this is what it's all about being in a partnership and, and people commit uh, fraud and that type of thing. I don't want anything wow. to do with it. And I think just being totally transparent, it was uh, two days after close on a, on a $5 million uh, property, all of a sudden uh, $35,000 went missing from the bank account. And I remember being like, Oh, oh wow. felt like I couldn't sleep because if you remember, I told you I was the one that brought all the money, $2 million oh. of my friend's and family money. And the last thing you want yeah. is to be in this position. So anyhow, I felt a little jaded and, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to move forward anymore. And fast forward, I end up going to this real estate event that was put on by my mentorship program. And they had called me up to the stage and said, Hey, we'd like to award you for closing on 104 unit within the first 18 months of our program. And they turned to me and they said, well, how is it that you celebrated and I said, I'm so glad you asked. Of course, I spared the story of what had happened, but in celebration of closing, I said, you know, look, my, my kids, my family and I, we go to third world countries and we go help the, the needy, the poor and the sick. And we let, we love to pour into those that need, that need help. And I said, our heart is really turned towards Nicaragua and we're building homes for the single moms living in a trash dump. And I started to get really teary on the stage. Mm. And I and I shared with the people, a thousand people, I shared with them that, man, when you get to go give back to something that is so much bigger than yourself, your heart will never be the same. And mm. as these tears are, are coming down my face, I felt this 
stirring in my belly and it was like, oh no, man, I know the call. The Lord is like calling on me right now to step up in a, in a ferocious way. And I said, as a matter of fact, I'd love to build two more homes if I can get two people to match me. And I'll never forget. It was as if the whole room went silent. And I remember thinking, what in the hell did I just do? And what felt like 10 minutes was probably a whole 30 seconds of silence. And all of a sudden, this gentleman in the back of the room stands to his feet and he says, I'm in for 5,500. I'll build the first home. And this woman in the front row stands up and says, I'm in for 5,500. And within 10 minutes, we had raised $55,000 and built wow. 10 homes for these single moms living in the trash dump. And I'll never forget going to bed that wow. night. And I remember saying, Lord, why did you put that on my heart? Hmm. Could have totally got dejected off this stage. Here I am at this multifamily conference. And he says, as clear as day is night, those that rise to the occasion to pour in such a great a cause as this are exactly the caliber of people that I want you to work with. Mm. And so, um, fast forward five months later, Quattro Capital had come together and taken down this property or five properties at that point. And my partners in Quattro Capital is the gentleman that rose to his feet and was the fire starter, Maurice Philogene. The other partner was the woman in the front row that rose to her feet, Kim Oneland. And I tell you, it's been the most beautiful, beautiful partnership because we're on a mission to help people win at the game of life mm -hmm. and truly help them to create an empire just like we are. But when your values are aligned, it's amazing what mm -hmm. you're able to accomplish together. And so now we've gone on to, we're getting ready next week to close on a $39 million property and that will be our 26th property together just in the last three years. So, wow, that's amazing. I yeah. love the story and I love, you know, like you said, when it's a God thing, it works out and you have some yes. confirmation that this is, this is right. And so that's so cool. I love that. Um, and we've, we've talked about that story before, which I just think is super powerful um, for anybody who's looking to find partners is just waiting for the right, you know, kind of similar heart in the middle of that. Um, so you talked about you're closing a deal. And so this is, we're recording this December, uh, mid-December of 22. Uh, it's challenging right now to get deals done. So talk to us about that deal. What is the loan to value? What's, is it a new build? Like what's, what, what is that property? Yeah, the deal that we're closing on, my goodness, 30, my, $39 million deal, 65% leverage that we have on it. I will tell you, because <laughs> this is going to go out by the time we've already closed on it. Yeah, um, We were 12 days before close and our lender pulled out on us. Yeah. And that was when the rates did all their crazy thing yeah. once again. And let me tell you, it was the scariest time uh, we had $1.5 million hard on this yeah. deal. Uh, we had already retraded twice because of what was happening in the debt market. Yeah. And listen, I think the most important thing is you have got to find your pain points of your seller, right? So then you can mm. understand the position you're in and how desperate are they in need to sell and so on and so forth. And it was unfortunate what happened. We thought we were going to lose the money and we ended up uh, tying up better loan terms, we did uh, less leverage and it actually sweetened the deal. 
for the yeah. position that we're in. So yeah. anyhow, it's, it's pretty exciting and uh, excited to get this one closed out for sure. For sure. It was tough yeah. though, because we took our leverage and, you know, we went from, I think we were at 75%. Now we're down to 65%. What does that mean? It means you have to raise more money, right? And so mm -hmm. in this market, it's a little bit scary. You know, mm -hmm. people are not sure of what's going on, so on and so forth. So obviously that changed things up a little bit. Uh, but I think really with this market, because you're probably wondering, and I'm curious where you are too, but I feel like a lot of people are really sitting on the sidelines and they're unsure, which it's okay to be unsure, but I, I will tell you with Quattro, we're really leaning in and we're ready for what's about to come. I think that, I think that it is going to begin to rain properties. There's going to be people out there that have to get rid of their property. They're stuck or they have no more capital to put into it. Uh, cost of goods went up, right? So it changes their whole business plan and they're not able right. to execute the way that they thought, you know going out yeah. is going to look. So we're, we're super excited and we're also going to be conservative and make sure that we run some really good stress tests to make sure that we don't put our investors in a bad position either. So I just had a conversation recently with Ken McElroy about this and he's very bullish on multifamily also and, and similar stuff that there could be some people that got into deals that you know they have to get out of them or they have to sell them because of the debt situation because of other things uh bloomberg actually recently came up with an article last week saying that americans have five trillion dollars uh, maybe it was a couple weeks ago five trillion dollars in savings accounts it's five times the amount they had in 2020. so a lot of a lot of just dry powder sitting there so my thought is in the question really is are rates going to continue to rise for the next year or more or are there, is there going to be some sort of Fed pivot? I'm I'm more of the Fed pivot side that if there is in the next three to six months, historically, that's kind of what we'd say that we'd have some sort of leveling out and, and lending starts to stabilize. And if we go from these high rates, all of a sudden they start kind of gradually coming down. Um, that is very attractive. And I think a lot of this money floods in. Um, so I think there's some incredible opportunities there. But, you know, there's such demand for real estate. There's such demand for housing, you know, single multifamily. There's so much demand. So I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I think it is really important that people are uh, cautious and, and, and looking at, okay, you know, these interest rate caps for bridge debt, are you guys doing mostly bridge debt as well? Or are you doing some? Yeah. And so, you know, the cost of those have gone way up. And so it, it is interesting. It's challenging, but the confused mind will always say to wait, right. It'll just be, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. And the challenge by waiting, uh, there can be opportunities or, I mean, just by waiting, inflation is eating away at the cost of your, of your dollars that you have in the bank. So. I think multifamily is a huge uh, opportunity. Well, what are some other, so obviously you're, you're bullish on multifamily. Uh, what are some other things besides multifamily or your, uh, you know, your container uh, development that you're doing? Are, are there some other things that you're involved with just even personally as an investor? Sure. You know, listen, they're not making any more land. So I love, I love me some good land, right? So we just, it's a little cheaper in Texas versus California yeah, too, right? <laughs> no, it for sure is. But listen, it's like about finding the good deals. The other thing that we just picked up was six acres, literally a mile and a half from downtown Fredericksburg. And for those that don't understand, like Fredericksburg downtown is a big deal in Texas. And to be that close, we found an out-of-state uh, owner and we were able to pick this up for just, I mean, a wicked, wicked price. So I, you know, I don't give up. I love land. Um, there's some things that I want to do with land. I mean, whether it be RV park storage, 
again, when we buy, we're always looking at multiple exit, op multiple opportunities, I should say, that we can do with that land. We're not confined to just one thing. So we're super strategic with that. I think at the same token, I couldn't agree with you more on the rates. The rates, I feel like, have to come down. And maybe that's just wishful thinking and I'm putting it in the universe more. But I feel like that is absolutely, we're going to move in that direction. I also feel like there is, as you already confirmed, there's a lot of money out there. And it's looking for a place to go. And the most important part, I think, is, is people are looking to put their money with those that they know, like, and trust. And if you have a good track record, they're looking for a place for it to go. And so I also feel like over and beyond that, we need to educate our people about how they're losing money if it's still sitting in the bank, right? And with inflation and so on and so forth. And so with Team Quattro, we always want to make sure that we're educating on why is more important than ever before to put your money to work versus having it sit dead and dormant, right? So yeah. people need to be educated and they don't know what they don't know. And I think lastly, you know, if I got into this space and I thought it was just for the billionaires, there's got to be a whole lot of other people that feel the same, that didn't know that there's even an opportunity or a way to get in to grow their money. So just on a massive mission to go and share the good news that, hey, listen, we may have an option for you. Right. Absolutely. It's awesome. You know, it really is the mission that we are here for to get people into assets that can really help them besides Wall Street fees and volatility that we're taught that is safe and traditional. So, uh, well, Aaron, I just I so appreciate you. I appreciate your heart. You're so positive. You're a person of faith. You really want to help people. It's very obvious. And you're venturing out on new things. You see a challenge and you'll just say, hey, let's let's do it. Let's get shipping containers and put them on land. Like not everybody's going to do that and then develop a whole business out of it, which is awesome. Um, so how can people get in touch with you if they want to follow what you're doing or learn about your deals? Sure. Best thing I would say is you can go to www.thequattroway and that's two T's, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O, thequattroway.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook and hit me up on Messenger. I will say, if you do go to our website, you can click on my little picture there and I'm happy to jump on a call with you and do a 15 minute intro. And let's see how perhaps I might be able to help you move your needle forward. For sure, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for being here, Aaron. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the next Tony Robbins or multifamily event. Yes, for sure. Take care, Bronson. All right. So this was a fun interview. I love Erin's stories. She's got some amazing stories just talking through what it means to be an investor, what it means to uh, just really have a... Uh, uh, flexibility in what you do, but also go after what you want. I think some people go after things so hard that they don't, they don't have any flexibility. And you can hear she went from 26 single family houses owned outright, which is a lot of work to shift into multifamily and now into the shipping container homes and all kinds of stuff. So I encourage everybody who is an investor to have some flexibility. I always say I'm not in love with real estate. People are surprised when I say that. I say I'm in love with what it's done for me, right? It's given me freedom over my time. It's given me cash flow. It's given me equity. Um, these things are all awesome. And there's other assets that are out there you can look into that will be really beneficial for you. So hopefully this was uh, helpful for you. If you haven't gone on and written a review on our uh, show on iTunes, the Mailbox Money Show, appreciate it if you go write a review. And we will share some of those reviews uh, from people that have reviewed this show. So thank you for that. And I uh, look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Mailbox Money. You've been listening to the Mailbox Money podcast. For more free resources, articles, and videos, go to bronsonequity.com. There you can download your copy of the special report, The Single Best Investment Strategy During and After a Pandemic. 
None of the information shared here is an offer to buy a specific investment, and this is for educational purposes only. Consult your financial, legal, and tax professionals and use your own common sense before making any investment decisions. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune next time for more Mailbox Money.